0: Section 31 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Tatiana Cicilla. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2, by Father Louis de Sigur. The Ceremonies of High Mass. The two different methods of celebrating mass are distinguished by the terms low mass and high mass, or the mass which is sung. As regards the respective excellence of the two, no difference exists, and the only distinction arises from the outward solemnity of the ceremonies. The principal difference is expressed by the name. Low mass is said and high mass is sung. Christian services were not always accompanied with singing, and it appears that during the first three centuries of the church, the sacred prayers were simply recited. But when the fury of the persecutions had ceased, and the conversion of the Roman Empire permitted the Christians to celebrate the sacred mysteries without fear, they became eager to add to their solemnity, not only by the magnificence of the churches, the vestments, and the sacred vessels, but also by music and singing. One of the holiest popes who has ever governed the church, St. Gregory the Great, did not consider it beneath his supreme dignity to make regulations with regard to the ecclesiastical or plain chant, which is called, for this reason, the Gregorian chant. St. Gregory collected and revised the sacred chants already in use, and added to them a great number which he had composed himself. During the course of centuries, great saints, popes, bishops, monks, emperors, and kings, and sometimes even pious queens, have enriched with their own compositions this venerable collection, known at the present time under the name of the Roman chant. Formerly, the praises of God were sung only by ecclesiastics, consecrated entirely to the service of the altar. But now that the number of the ministers of the sanctuary has so greatly diminished, the choir is usually composed of members of the laity who fulfill this holy duty, either for a salary or from a spirit of religion. At the high mass and other services, they wear a cassock and surplice, according to the ancient custom. Certain parts of the high mass should be sung by all the faithful, the choir leading and sustaining the chant. These are the Kyrie Iglesion, the Gloria, the Credo, the Sanctus, and the Agnus Dei, and also the short responses ed cum spiritu tuo, deo gratius, amen, etc., and we must insist upon one thing. The public services are intended to be sung, and those who find them long and wearisome do so because they fail to join in them with fervor and devotion. We have explained the ceremonies of low Mass, and will therefore only add a few words concerning the rites peculiar to the solemn high Mass. The first of these ceremonies is the aspergis, or sprinkling with holy water, which has just been sanctified by the priest with special benedictions and this is intended to remind the Christian people how holy their lives should be, and with what purity of heart they should assist at the sacred mysteries. It is for the same reason that there is always holy water at the door of the church, with which all should bless themselves on entering. After the Aspergis, and before the Mass, comes the procession, a grand and beautiful ceremony common in the church from the first centuries, and full of deep significance, for processions are typical of the onward march of the church throughout succeeding ages. For even as it comes forth from the sacristy, to which it shall finally return, preceded by the cross and terminated by the priest, who is the living symbol of Jesus Christ, thus the church, coming forth from God her creator, to return to him at the end of time, has for her divine head, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the principle and the end of all things, who alone is the way, the truth, and the life. It is only by marching under his divine standard and uniting ourselves to him that we can hope to reach our heavenly home at last and it is most foolish and ill-judged to criticize the devotion of the faithful who delight to join in processions. At High Mass, the priest is assisted by two ecclesiastics called the deacon and subdeacon. The subdeacon represents the patriarchs, prophets, and saints of the Old Testament, and the people of God, who were specially chosen and called to give to the world the sacred humanity of the promised Messiah. The office of the subdeacon at the altar is to prepare the bread and wine destined to become the body and blood of Jesus Christ, and also to sing the prophecies and the epistles. And just as the ancient dispensation, after having prepared and produced the holy humanity of Jesus Christ, refused to acknowledge him as the world's redeemer, and did not profit by his sacrifice, so the subdeacon, after having presented to the deacon the elements of the sacrifice, descends to the foot of the altar, being in a manner excluded from the mysteries about to be celebrated, and remains enveloped in a long veil from the offertory to the pater, holding the patent between his eyes to signify the blindness of the Jewish people. But since this blindness will cease before the end of the world, and the ancient people of God will become his chosen people once again, and participate in the merits of the Savior, so the subdeacon, after the Pater Noster, goes up again to the altar and stands by the side of the celebrant once more. As the representative of the new dispensation, the deacon alone is charged to sing the gospel and assist the priest during the whole of the Mass. The singing of the gospel forms one of the most solemn rites. After having placed the holy book upon the altar, in the same place where the sacred body of the Lord will presently repose, the deacon, bowing down, asks God to cleanse his heart and lips that he may worthily announce the divine words. He then takes the book and, holding it on his breast, receives the benediction of the priest and carries it to the place appointed for the singing of the gospel, preceded by the cross and by acolytes carrying lighted candles and incense. The cross signifies that the gospel contains the law of a crucified God and the candles that the word of Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The incense is the homage rendered to the divinity of our Lord. When the holy reading is ended, the open book is reverently carried to the priest, who kisses it, saying, May our sins be blotted out by the words of the gospel. After the gospel, the sermon is preached, and is usually an explanation of the gospel which has just been read. One other ceremony which distinguishes high mass from the low mass is the use of incense, symbolical of the prayers of the faithful. End of section 31.